to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. Oh my gosh, happy 2023. I just like can't even believe it's the new year. I hope you had an awesome weekend. I hope you're feeling really good. I hope that you're not feeling like super overwhelmed. I'm like, oh my God, I gotta do all these things and I have to start doing a million things. I'm going to the gym every single day. I'm cutting out this, I'm adding in this. Like, let's just take a breath, take it one step at a time. I know that in the past, when I was like, you know, I didn't really have a lifestyle yet. I kept on, I just felt like, okay, now's my time. It's a new year, new me. I'm going to the gym every day. I'm like doing such extreme things and that shit doesn't last. So what I want to tell you is yes, capitalize on the energy of a new year, but take it slow. Take it one step at a time because like I always say, consistency is the most important. So make that your goal. How can you stay more consistent? How can you start slowly implementing little things every single day or every single week so that you can actually stay consistent with your goals? So just wanted to start the episode with this, but hello, welcome back or welcome to Mind Your Hormones. I'm excited to chat with you today. We are doing a Q&A episode and I like doing these about once a month on the show. I also do a Q&A call in our podcast community Facebook group. I pulled some of the questions that I answered in December's Q&A in our Facebook group, and I also have some questions that people ask me on Instagram. So we're going to get through, I don't know, probably four, maybe five questions. And if you aren't already part of our podcast community Facebook group, I go in there every single month and I do a free Q&A just so I could connect with you more, go, go deeper on certain questions and really get a pulse and feel for for what's going on with you and just a way for us to connect outside this podcast. So the link is always in the show notes. It's totally free to hop in. Um, I don't know the date that I'm going to be doing the free Q&A for January, but it will be at some point. So just hop in there and you'll be able to uh, join us for that. Okay, so we are going to start with a question from Rachel, and she asks, I hear some health experts talk about fasting for health, but I also know it can be disruptive for hormones. I've read about fasting being a good reset for our bodies and that when we fast for a certain amount of hours, our cells go into autophagy, which allows them to repair. Can you talk about how this looks with hormone imbalance? Is fasting ever a useful tool? I Love this question because it's multifaceted, right? I've done a couple podcast episodes on here um, about fasting, and I'll link them below. Here's the thing. I do believe that that is true what you said, that when you do go through a certain period of fasting, your body goes through autophagy, which is really allowing your cells to repair. So I absolutely believe fasting can be a useful tool in certain situations done in a proper way with proper guidance 
with someone who like with a professional who can actually lead you through it, how to prepare for the fast, how long to do the fast, what will the fast look like? How will you support your body after the fast? What phase of life is it going to be in? What I don't re- so so yes, that is true. Fasting can be extremely beneficial for that, especially if you are someone who maybe has some type of chronic illness or um you were diagnosed with cancer or something like that. It could be extremely extremely supportive and even just like a once a year type of thing. I do believe there is a time and place for that type of fasting. What I, and if you are pregnant or trying to get pregnant, of course, this is not recommended, right? That is, of course, definitely not recommended. No fasting of any type when you are trying to conceive or when you are pregnant or postpartum, okay? That is for sure. The other thing I want to say is that the problem with fasting is that it has become something that people are doing every single day on a daily basis for hours and hours and hours on end instead of just a once a year or a couple times a year situation in a controlled environment with specific protocols like being led in a specific way, not just listening to influencers saying, okay, fast for 16 to 18 hours a day. That is supportive for men, but for reproductive aged women, there's a lot of issues when it comes to fasting for that long because your body doesn't feel safe. Your body's not sure when food is coming next. And because we have the ability to conceive and, you know, have a child, whether you want to or not, your body is always thinking that that's what's going to happen. So if it feels like it's not in a safe place, if it feels like it's not getting enough calories, if it feels like it, your blood sugar is imbalanced because you're going so many hours without eating, it's going to negatively impact your hormones and every, your hormones are like, it's a domino effect. So if your insulin levels, which is affected by your blood sugar is off, that's going to affect your cortisol. And then your DHA and your DHEA and your testosterone and your estrogen and your progesterone and the whole lineup. So we have to make sure that. Uh, so what I don't recommend is doing a fast every single day, waiting hours and hours when you wake up to eat. That is what I don't recommend because that is going to negatively impact your blood sugar. And if your blood sugar is dysregulated, your hormones will not be able to be balanced. It is the number one imbalance that I see with every single client that has ever come to me with irregular periods, painful periods, short periods, long periods. Um, with, uh, inability to conceive, with headaches, migraines, PMS, weight loss resistance, all of it. This is why it's the first, uh, module in the Mind Your Hormones method because it's so important to regulate our blood sugar. And when you're fasting for, you know, not eating breakfast for four or five hours in the morning, it is negatively impacting your blood sugar. So it is a multifaceted answer to this question. Overall, I don't believe we should be fasting often, especially if you're reproductive aged, in order to balance our hormones. I do recommend about 13 hours in between dinner and breakfast so that you do have space in between eating. We don't want to be constantly eating, constantly digesting. So this is obviously going to look different when you're pregnant. Um, but in general, from 12 to 13 hours from dinner to breakfast, so you do have a fasting period. But I don't recommend going hours and hours in the morning. I recommend eating breakfast within 60 to 90 minutes of waking up to really balance out that blood sugar. And if you do want to do a fast, you know, like a, a water fast or something once a year to just like really give your body a break, again, make sure you're doing it with someone who can actually lead you through it and know that it can negatively impact your period for that month. So just being aware of that and of course not doing it close to a time where you want to try and conceive, okay? And I'm going to link the episodes below um, uh, that I did on fasting 
things you could get a little bit more detail on it because I don't want to dive too deep into it since I've already done episodes on it. But I really thought this was an important question. And I did want to, of course, acknowledge a fancy fasting can definitely be a useful tool in certain situations and certain phases of life. I just don't believe it should be a daily thing that we're doing every single day. Okay. So that is number one. Thank you, Rachel, for that question. Number two is from Paige. She says, I went off the pill and my period went MIA, perpetual follicular phase and no ovulation. I synced with the moon and followed seed cycling and I finally got my period. Yay! I'm tracking and logging BBT, basal body temperature, and cervical mucus daily. And I think I ovulated based on cervical mucus and timing of that versus my next period, but I didn't have the three-day temperature spike. Do you think it was a fake-out ovulation? Okay. Oh, I love this. First of all, Paige, congratulations on getting your period. Let's freaking go. Second of all, this does not mean you ovulated. I'm so happy this question was brought up. It says, I think I ovulated based on cervical mucus and timing of that versus my next period. You cannot track and you cannot confirm ovulation based on cervical mucus alone or based on the timing of your period. The only way to truly confirm ovulation is with your basal body temperature and your cervical positioning. If you did not have that three-day temperature spike, then you did not ovulate. If you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, head to episode 123 of the podcast where I go into exactly how to track everything. But in order to show ovulation, I'll just go over it briefly. In your follicular phase, which is day one of your cycle until the day before you ovulate, your temperature should be about 97 to 97.7 degrees on a, in a basal body thermometer, not a regular thermometer, has to be a specific basal body thermometer. Your temperatures can be lower in the 96 range, um, but generally it should be around the 97 range. After you ovulate, you should see a 0.5 degree increase in that basal body temperature that stays high for at least three days in a row. It has to stay that higher point, at least 0.5 degrees higher temperature for three days in a row. So that will probably look like it'll go from 97 to 97.7 ish to 98 to 98.8 ish. Listen to one episode 123 for more details on this. Okay. If it does not, if you do not have that temperature spike, you did not ovulate. Okay. So that is why we can't just rely on the timing of your period or on your cervical mucus. If you had cervical mucus present, that's incredible. That's letting you know that you have enough estrogen present, that your body is getting ready to ovulate, but there was a breakdown somewhere. Maybe you didn't have high enough LH levels. Your body didn't actually reach ovulation. So that is what actually happened. So continue to track it and see if the next cycle you actually do ovulate, but there's no such thing as a fake out ovulation. You either ovulate or you don't ovulate. And if you don't have that three-day temperature spike, then you did not ovulate. And a follow-up question to that that goes really well with this question is from Ashley. She says, what does it mean if your basal body temperature is 98 degrees for three days and then dips back to 97 degrees? So as long as you have that higher temperature for three days in a row, you confirm ovulation. But ideally, that higher temperature should stay there until you get your period. It should stay that higher temperature, that 98 to 98.8 degrees, for about 10 to 14 days, really 11 to 14 days. So you, that signals that you had strong ovulation and you have good progesterone levels and you're having a good luteal phase. If it's only high for those three days and then dips down, it's letting you know, okay, yes, you did ovulate, but you have low progesterone levels. And it wasn't a strong ovulation because 
because if it was, then it would stay high. Because what happens is when you ovulate, you produce the hormone progesterone. When you ovulate, you have an, a follicle, right, which is just the, the sac that the egg is in. That follicle bursts, the egg gets released. That follicle that the egg was then in turns into something called a corpus luteum. This corpus luteum is what produces progesterone, which is the hormone needed to hold onto and nourish a pregnancy. It's needed to get rid of PMS for your bones, your hair, your skin, your nails, your stress response, your metabolism, your thyroid, all the things, okay? Now, if you didn't have strong ovulation, then that corpus luteum is not going to produce strong amounts of progesterone. And if you don't have that higher temperature for the entire luteal phase, that's a sign that you have low progesterone. So I have another podcast episode on low progesterone. I'll link below. You could check it out. But that's what that means, okay? So if you don't have a temperature spike, you did not ovulate. If you have the temperature spike and it's high for three days in a row, you did ovulate. Ideally, we want it to stay high for 11 to 14 days. That's ideal. And then it will dip down when you get your period. Or if it continues to stay high, then you're pregnant. And then if it does drop down after three days, okay, you ovulated, but your progesterone levels are low. So we have to work on having strong ovulation and boosting up those progesterone levels, which you could check out in the other podcast episodes. I'll link below. Okay. So Paige, Ashley, those two questions worked perfectly together. So thank you for asking that. Um, and again, if you want more information on tracking, go to episode 123. I also have a full training on your fertile window. I can't even tell you how many times I refer my one-on-one -on -one clients, my clients in the Mind Your Hormones method to go to this training because it's something that people need to hear over and over and over again in order to really get their basal body temperature and their cervical mucus tracking down pat because it is something that isn't always the same and you really have to get familiar with it. So that's always in the show notes for you as well, okay? Okay, next question is from Elena and she asks, what does having a very short period mean? Normal flow is about one day and then very little for one to two days. Okay, so Elena, thank you for asking this question. A lot of times we don't talk about short periods. A lot of times it's about like really heavy periods or painful periods or long periods. So um, that's why I really wanted to answer this question because a lot of people do experience this too. Two things could be going on. Number one could be that this isn't an actual real period. The, uh, in order to have a real period, you need to ovulate, right? You have to go through every single phase of the cycle. So your follicular phase, your ovulation phase, your luteal phase, and then your menstrual phase. So Elena, what I would ask you is, are you tracking? Are you making sure that your basal body temperature is increasing like we just talked about? If you're not tracking, make sure you are to see if you actually are or are not ovulating. Because if it's super short like that, that could mean that you didn't ovulate, but you maybe produced a little bit of estrogen where you were able to have a little bit of that uterine lining shed, but it wasn't a full actual cycle where you ovulated. So definitely track your basal body temperature. Um, and also I would like to know like what color is it? Is it just brown spotting? If it's brown spotting, that's definitely letting you know you probably didn't ovulate. That's low progesterone levels. So I would need to know a little bit more of like what the color is. Um, and then the second piece to this is maybe you ovulated, but you have low estrogen levels, which means again, it wasn't a strong ovulation and you're not having a full bleed. For a regular period is about three to seven days long, really like four to seven days, but you really want it to be at least three days long of a nice, not heavy flow, but a nice flow where you're actually bleeding. That lets us know that your estrogen levels were high enough where it built up that uterine lining. And now that uterine lining is shedding 
after ovulation. That's the only way it's a true period is after ovulation because you could bleed without actually ovulating, which is why it's so important to track your ovulation because some people will just see if they get a quote unquote period and think that everything's fine, but they might not actually be ovulating. This is actually happening with a one-on-one client I have right now. We're working on getting her ovulating. It looks like she's getting a period, but she's actually not. So making sure that you are tracking that basal by temperature is really important. And if you have low estrogen levels, really supportive for you to to increase those estrogen levels because, again, estrogen gets such a bad rap because most people have high estrogen in relation to progesterone, which can look like heavy periods, painful periods, migraines, PMS, acne, things like that. But some people have low estrogen levels. So if you, if you're in the mind your hormones method, there is a training under bonus trainings about estrogen, raising estrogen levels specifically. But what I would invite for you to try out is seed cycling. I'll link the episode below where I talk about seed cycling. This could really help balance out your estrogen to progesterone levels. So that's one thing that you could definitely do for that. So I'll link that episode below. Um, but what, what's really important is getting down to the root cause. Why, what's going on? Is your blood sugar dysregulated? Do you have some um, inflammation levels? Is your gut impaired? How's your liver functioning? Um, what's going on with your nervous system? Again, these are all the modules in the Mind Your Hormones method. So I don't like to spot treat things. I'm just like, okay, hey, let's raise your estrogen levels. It's more so about, okay, why is your estrogen low in the first place? What is actually causing this? Because you don't ever just have one hormone out of balance. Everything is all connected. So if it could start that way, where you have one hormone out of balance, but then and because everything is connected, it creates a domino effect. So we really want to make sure that we know what's going on on a root level so we could truly heal that. But in the meantime, Elena, if you're not in the Mind Your Hormones Method, and you're, of course, the link is below if you want to join it, but um, definitely check out the seed cycling episode. And that's something that you could get started to help support those estrogen levels and really help build that up a little bit. Okay, the I'm like literally out of breath. I feel like I'm talking so fast, but here we go. A lot of times people speed up podcasts. I'm like, not my podcast. You may have to slow down the speed of this podcast. Okay, last episode, last episode, last question that we're going to go through today is from Ashley, and she asks, What are your thoughts on Nutrafol for hair thinning? This is a really awesome question. I was actually at brunch yesterday with my friend Lauren, and she was talking to me about how her hair is really thinning post-COVID. This is something that happened to me as well. And she was like looking into all these different things. And what if your hair is thinning, Nutrafol, I just, I'm just not a fan. Okay. I'm always a fan of, again, root cause. What is actually happening? Is your hair thinning because you have high testosterone levels? Is your hair thinning because you have low thyroid levels? Is your hair thinning because you have nutrient deficiencies? What is actually going on? Is it, is it because you have low blood flow? So the blood flow isn't actually getting to the hair follicles. Like, why is your hair actually thinning? I always want to go deeper. I don't love doing just topical treatments. Of course, in addition, to healing the root cause. Topical things can be amazing. I don't think Nutrafol is the answer. Um, What I would do, again, Ashley, I know you just recently joined the Mind Your Hormones Method, so you're going to get this under control. But the things for everybody else, if you're experiencing hair thinning, number one, I would make sure you are on a supplement protocol. You're taking a high-quality multivitamin that has high-quality B vitamins or even an additional B complex. You have a good probiotic. Um, You are making sure that you have nutrient density. Uh, My supplement training is linked below if you want to get on that because that is absolutely number one because our hair is not like a life, uh, like a vital 
organ that our body needs to survive. So whatever nutrients you have in your body, it's going to go where it needs in order for you to survive. The, it doesn't go to our hair, our skin, our nails, unless we have an abundant amount of nutrients where there's enough to go to every single area. So that is number one, what I would look at. Number two, what I would look at is thyroid levels. Obviously, if you go and you get a blood test and it's in normal range, the normal range is not the optimal range. So make sure that you um, can are, are getting it read by a naturopath, a functional medicine doctor who can actually see what the optimal levels are going to be. Um, another sign that you have low thyroid is a low basal body temperature. So we've been talking about basal body temperature on this episode and I talk about it literally all the time. But if your temperatures are in the low 95s, even like low 96s consistently in that follicular phase, then you a lot of times that could be a signal you have low thyroid function because our thyroid is connected to our body temperature. So that is something else that I would really look into. Um, and then I would also check out, again, like gut health. What, what's going on with your gut? Um, adding in more fiber, adding in healthy fats, balancing out your blood sugar, doing all of these things to really make sure that we are healing whatever is causing this hair thinning. And if you did have COVID, um, there is, I forget the name of it right now, but um, I experienced this, my friends have experienced this, that a couple months post-COVID, some women lose up to 30% of their hair. Um, so if you are looking for, again, it's always most important to get down to the root cause of what's going on. If this is a COVID thing, or even if it's not, I would definitely recommend Maine Magic by Organic Olivia. I don't have any like relation or anything to, to this or no affiliate link or code for you. But I started taking this um, over the summer before I got pregnant. It actually is really helpful for your hormone health too, because it supports your blood flow. I had to stop taking it once I became pregnant, but it was really helpful. And it's called Main Magic. It's a liquid. It's a tincture. You just put it in water and you drink it. It doesn't taste the best, but it's really, really, really helpful for improving the blood flow to your hair follicles, for supporting your hormones, and for really helping that hair grow. So that's a topical thing that you could look into also if you are experiencing hair thinning. Um, a lot of people with PCOS and also hypothyroidism can experience hair thinning um, from, on a PCOS side. it's A lot of times it's coming from either insulin resistance or inflammation that is causing your ovaries to produce too much testosterone, and that too much testosterone can look like excess body hair, but then thinning of the eyebrows and the hair on your head. So again, just depends on where this is coming from. Um, but I love that question. And it's never just a topical treatment. It's always about getting down to that root cause. So I hope this episode was helpful. I love doing Q&As like this. Let me know if you like episodes like this. If you want to join us for the next live Q&A in the podcast community Facebook group, it's totally free. The link will be below in the show notes. Make sure you come and join us. Um, I'm so grateful for you. I hope you are having a great start to your new year, 2023. Like what is going down? Um, come and let me know on Instagram what was really like a question that stuck out to you or maybe a question you want answered on the next Q&A I do on here. I love hearing what's going on with you because it really helps me guide these episodes to ones that are going to be most supportive for you. So I love you. Check the show notes for all the things that we talked about in today's episode and I will chat with you next time. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. 
So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.